And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. I've noticed you've still got the Christmas decorations up. See, it's not my responsibility to put up these decorations <laughs> or to bring it down, so I have zero control over it. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, Christmas was uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. You know, the thing mm -hmm. is, I was telling um, one of our other guests, David Tizard, I, I keep up my yeah. Christmas decorations until the end of January. Is that pushing it? You know, I say this, but I still have my Christmas tree up in the house, so I don't know why. You know what? <laughs> so we're all on the same page. It takes a lot I of work know. to put it up. We want to make it last. Yeah, yeah. Funny. Our, our, our producer says until January 8th. What's January 8th? Is that the first January week? 8th. That's okay. so specific. Eight is great to each their own. I can digress and do this for hours, but I only yeah. have two and we have a lot of keywords. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. We're going to jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of the major headlines for our listeners. Now, South Korea, of course, has to respond to Nord's ICBM firings. This is the latest, our first keyword of the day. Sanctions. So South Korea has imposed additional sanctions on eight North Korean individuals linked to the regime's arms trade and illicit cyber activities. Now, this comes in response to, of course, Pyongyang's ICBM launch just last week. What's the latest, Adam? Right. So the eight include North Korea's spy chief, Lee Chang-ho, and uh, Yun Chal, who helped supply nuclear materials while working at the North Korean embassy uh, in China. The foreign ministry said they were earning foreign currency through illegal cyber activities, stealing technology, engaging in arms deals and trading other sanctioned materials to fund the North's missile and nuclear weapons program. The ministry pointed out that he uh, was added to the list for leading the intelligence agency that oversees North Korea's major cyber attacks by hacking groups. It was the 14th set of sanctions on the North by the Yoon government. It has so far sanctioned 83 individuals and 53 uh, institutions, if we include the latest round. Now, the ministry stressed that sanctions are intended to clearly demonstrate to Pyongyang that its provocations will come with a price. It added that close cooperation with the international community, including the US and Japan, will continue until the North comes to the table for dialogue. Uh, any Korean entity wishing to engage with sanctioned individuals or organizations for financial transactions will need the approval of the Bank of Korea or the Financial Services uh, Commission. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's been quite a lot of uh, unilateral sanctions by South Korea on the North. It um, wasn't very successful in trying to get the whole international community or the UN Security Council in trying to uh, impose additional sanctions or resolutions because, of course, vetoes from uh, China and Russia. But uh, for its own part, it's uh, doing um, mm. or, or putting in some punitive measures to try and deter the North. But uh, it hasn't really worked because the North has been increasing its uh, provocations, weapons, testings right. more frequently under the UN administration. In fact, it seems that North Korea is changing strategies. I mean, we're seeing more of the blatant showcasing of technically cars that shouldn't be in North Korea, right? These extremely expensive luxury cars that are technically banned by some of these sanctions too, but somehow they made its way into North Korea and they're boasting it. Um, some analysts say that might be their way of showing the world and specifically North Korea citizens that sanctions don't affect them yeah so it could be because of uh, more cooperation and improved ties between uh north korea and china and russia, russia uh, particularly. Speculation, of course right. russia as well uh, 
uh, of those kind of weapons deals uh, probably happening. But uh, the, there's just speculations for now. Nothing's been confirmed at the moment. But uh, yeah, it is seemingly uh, more improved uh, in terms of those North Korea-Russia relations at the moment. So yeah, it seems like they are getting some help. We'll leave it there for now and we'll elaborate further in our second hour with our North Korea expert. Our second keyword of the day. Export ban. So speaking of Russia, Korea is uh, expanding its list of items subject to export restrictions, uh, particularly to Russia and Belarus, in response of course, uh, Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. So any items that can be used for military purposes, they want to ban. Tell us the details. Yeah, so basically large machinery is basically uh, what's on the list. Uh, excavators, uh, electro, electric vehicle batteries and large sized cars. Some of the items being subject to the ban, the trade ministry said it added 682 more items categorized as heavy construction equipment, rechargeable batteries, aircraft components, machinery and other things to the list. These are also include cars with over a 2,000cc or 2-litre engine. Previously, cars were controlled based on a price threshold of under $50,000. Uh, used cars especially will be hit the hardest as Russia had been a big market for them. Uh, all the items newly added are identified as having a high potential for military use. Uh, the export control criteria have been expanded from simply describing the name and specifications of goods to including uh, HS codes and car engine capacities. So much more detailed. Uh, once the notification takes effect, the export of these items to Russia and Belarus will be essentially prohibited. However, Exports might still be permitted under specific conditions, such as contracts concluded before the notification takes effect, or exports to subsidiaries uh, subject to case-by-case -case review and approval. Uh, the revised notification is expected to be implemented early next year mm. after gathering opinions and completing related procedures. The ministry will announce more details next month. And of course, Russia wasn't very happy. It told Korea not to be surprised if Moscow retaliates against Seoul for expanding the list of goods. Russia's foreign ministry said this is an unfriendly move taken at Washington's behest and it will damage South Korea's own uh, economy and industry. The kind of analysis is, is that especially when it comes to cars, it won't really um, affect or mm. impact uh, Hyundai Motor, for example, because it doesn't really uh, export that much to Russia at the moment. So, uh, yeah, any retaliatory moves for Hyundai uh, isn't really going to impact uh, Korea car makers at the moment. But uh, it, all these things have ripple effects, uh, and it's not just cars, but other mm. large uh, machinery and vehicles as well are also involved. So. We'll have to wait and see uh, to what extent uh, this kind of export ban will um, subsequently have or the effects it will have going forward. All right. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Safety investment. So the Union Administration and the People Power Party have decided to postpone the implementation of the Serious Disasters and Punishments Act by two years for small firms particularly. So they want to extend the grace period. I will also invest 1.5 trillion won to improve safety management in these small-scale workplaces. They need a little bit of aid. Yeah, so these are basically this comes after uh, calls by these small companies mm. say they're not just they're just not ready for uh, these kind of uh, stricter rules on workplace uh, accident prevention right. and this act which uh, holds uh, company executives uh, criminally responsible for fatal workplace accidents was initially set to take effect soon 
for smaller businesses with 49 or fewer employees. Now, this decision effectively extends the grace period for small businesses to 2026. The original plan was to enforce the law in about a month. Uh, a PPP lawmaker said it's too soon to put this workplace safety law into action. Uh, Yui Dong mentioned a survey by the Korea Chamber, Chamber of Commerce and Industry, which found that less than a quarter of small companies are ready for the new regulations. Now, you emphasize the importance of acknowledging the real life challenges businesses uh, face. He argued that rushing the law's enforcement could hinder the objective mm. of preventing workplace disasters. Now, to support the transition, uh, as you said, the government and ruling party committed to allocating up to one and a half trillion one. Uh, this budget includes additional costs for workplace safety management due to these policy changes and is planned to be spent by 2025. Now, the current regulations subject uh, executives or companies, as I said, with 49 or less workers to a minimum of one year in prison or up to a billion one fine. Uh, Labour groups, uh, however, have strongly opposed any further delay, arguing that it abandons safety measures for small businesses uh, and undermines the law itself. So basically, they're saying that these two additional years are basically two additional years for executives and CEOs of these small companies mm. to basically take advantage mm. of this kind of grace period, um, if you will. So it puts them more at risk. Uh, so, yeah, not uh, uh, not welcomed by everyone, but that is how uh, it's going to proceed for now. I mean, but for the record, the framework is still in place. It's just to implement it, the timing of it has been delayed, so the smaller companies can make adjustments. But yeah. you can see why the labor side wouldn't be happy about that decision. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Manual voting. So the National Election Commission has announced plans to implement a manual ballot counting system for the upcoming general elections in April. I can already see a host of problems with that, too. Uh, do we trust machines? Uh, this change aims to, of course, increase transparency and address concerns about possible election manipulation. What if it's hacked? Uh, what's the latest, Adam? <laughs> Yeah, so traditionally, machines uh, have been used for sorting and counting votes, but we all know how electricity and machines uh, operate usually. They're very subject uh, to failure and uh, breakdowns. Uh, so, yeah, uh, sometimes a uh, human element does need to be, uh, although it does need to be a bit meticulous, a uh, human uh, element does need to be, um, or in terms of the National Election Commission anyway, uh, a kind of a double check is needed. Mm. Now, with a new system, while sorting will be, Still done uh, by machines, election officials will manually review each ballot before it is fed into the counting machines. So it is kind of a double, triple check, if you will. Now, this extra step is intended, of course, to enhance the transparency and credibility of the election process, especially in light of recurring doubts about election fraud, which have led to national division and scepticism about election outcomes, a lot of blaming and finger pointing about, oh, you won because of election rigging and so on and so forth. Uh, now, the introduction of manual checking is expected, of course, to delay the finalization of election results. So um, it will, of course, take some time before uh, results come out. To accommodate this, though, the NEC plans to substantially increase its staff for the counting process. 
Additionally, to deter any misconduct, the NSC will broadcast live footage around the clock from surveillance cameras installed at locations where mail-in and early vote ballots are stored uh, for public viewing. Mm. Uh, so if the public have any doubts, then they can tune in uh, any time. <laughs> tune in day. on the counting. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like counting. exciting entertainment. <laughs> I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't know how. Uh, it's like watching paint dry, I guess. But... Uh, <laughs> Furthermore, <laughs> the NEC is uh, taking steps to fortify uh, the security of the ballot sorting machines as well. They'll be programmed to only recognize authorized USB devices, reducing mm. the risk uh, of hacking. Uh, other measures include extending the storage period of images of voters' IDs from early voting to 30 days after election day and preserving original images of ballots until the end of the term of elected officials from that election. So if there's any kind of allegations and accusations that come about mm. after uh, an elect um, uh, official is put in, is uh, taking uh, takes office uh, they're going to be uh, the ballots will still be there to kind of you know resolve any disputes that might okay. uh, happen and these steps are intended to of course provide more proactive responses to allegations of uh, election fraud uh, and related lawsuits as well so just to keep that evidence there still in place after the election mm. restoring trust in the electoral system system. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. It's because we have an important election coming up next year. We certainly not the last of it. Trying to make that process more transparent and trustworthy. It's not such a bad step. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. So the education ministry has confirmed significant changes to the college entrance exam that is set to take effect by 2028. So this means that second year middle school students will be the first one to take this sort of revised test. Yeah, so this is all part of uh, the plans of the administration to reform the education system and sector. The 2028 CSAT will be uh, what they're calling a unified type format with no optional subjects requiring students to only take common subjects. This means that regardless of their future career paths, all students will take the same set of questions. Uh, the test will be centered around common subjects, eliminating optional subjects in the Korean and math sections and social and science uh, studies. Uh, social studies subjects like Korean geography, world history and politics will be merged into one test, as will science subjects like physics, uh, chemistry and biology. The ministry expects this change to encourage interdisciplinary learning. Uh, other CSAT areas, scoring methods and EBS linkage uh, will remain as they are currently. Uh, additionally, changes are coming to the grading system for internal school assessments, uh, or NESHIN as it's called in Korean, starting in the 2025 academic year. A new five-tier absolute grade, uh, grading scale from A to E will replace the current nine-tier relative grading system. Uh, this change aims to reduce competition with the top 10% of students able to achieve the highest rank. Uh, the ministry highlights the need for a more collaborative and less competitive learning environment. Uh, and it emphasizes, emphasizes the importance of students choosing studies areas based on interest rather than university admission prospects. Now, the ministry also anticipates that these uh, changes will reduce competition among students and diminish the need for private education. Uh, it plans to develop and release sample questions for uh, 
this integrated social studies and integrated science uh, next year. So we'll get a better grasp of mm. how this will look uh, sometime next year. Do you remember your college entrance exam? Because in the US, we have specifics like SATs and SAT2. And SAT2 is mm. a subject one where you can you know, choose and decide you know, your strengths and weaknesses. So if history mm. is your thing, you would choose history uh, for SAT2. I took... Yeah. Korean language. I know that oh. sounds like I'm cheating because <laughs> I was, was already fluent. <laughs> yeah, it was a cop out. But these are all strategies I think students utilize to get into yeah. the college of first choice. I don't know how it is now, but it's been a while since I took the college exam. But in the UK, basically, uh, there's no separate middle or high school, but basically from year seven, basically, the subjects are narrowed down until you reach the uh, kind of senior years uh, before you get into university. So in total, you choose three subjects uh, at the end of your senior high school year, okay. uh, which would be so I took three subjects, uh, basically. Mm. And of course, that does leave room for kind of preferences as well, because you're uh, at discretion to choose whatever three subjects you like. So whatever you feel comfortable in. <laughs> Unfortunately, Korean language wasn't available <laughs> for in my school, but uh, I did OK. <laughs> All right. The point I wanted to make was, I mean, I think we'll always figure out a way what's more advantageous for me to get into best school. But it's trying right. to make it more fair as as we move right. on. I mean, Sunung is such such a huge make yeah. or break exam and maybe right. there needs to be less reliance on that anyway. Mm. We'll leave it there <laughs> and pick up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. I'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe. Have a brilliant day. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.